0: Alright. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Rachel's Review Corner, um, or Rachel's DC Corner, Part 1, Dawn of Justice. Today, um, we are going to start talking about a few different movies. Um, In fact, it's three movies, um, but two of them are the same movie by two different directors. we're going to start out, though, uh, with a little background. Um, we are going to start with Batman versus Superman, which is a movie that I've unfortunately seen probably two or three times that Rachel has not seen at all. I think she's probably really glad to have seen it now, so we're all on the same mm-hmm. page, right, Rach? I'm catching up. Um, before we catch up, you might be wondering where my co-host Dan Anden is. Um, he will be coming in and around the Snyder Cut section of this podcast, I think. That's what he said he's going to do as of now. Um... Tried to get him to do BVS and Joss Whedon's Justice League, but he declined. Um, he said that he fell asleep several times during Batman vs Superman, so he could not review it, and uh, has no interest in seeing Justice League um, other than the Snyder Cut trailers that he's seen on HBO Max. So, um, while we are mourning his loss, thankfully we have a good replacement for the day. We have Rachel, mm-hmm. um, who said to me, you know, kind of as I brought this idea up to her. I said, you know, I really don't want to make you watch three extremely long movies that I don't think you're going to like. And her response was perfect. It was, you know, sometimes when you're a movie reviewer, you got to do the hard work. <laughs> so I'll if anybody's out that. there and... Uh, <laughs> you know, didn't want to participate in this, um, just know that uh, there's real movie reviewers in the Lion's Family <laughs> House. Ones that are willing to go that extra mile to actually create content. Right, Rich?
1: <laughs> you betcha.
0: Um, <laughs> so, um... All this came up because Rachel's been in training for many years now, um, watching Marvel movies. It happens to be a Lions family tradition at this point to watch the Marvel movies. And, and Rach, what do you think about the Marvel universe, such as it is? I think you've now seen all the movies maybe one time in full, and now we're kind of doing a second run through.
1: Yeah, I've seen them all. Well, actually, we skipped a couple the first time around, so now we are going back to the beginning and watching all of them again, and I love them very much.
0: She loves them, guys.
1: It's my favorite. And what is
0: it that you um, feel that you like about the Marvel Universe of movies?
1: Um, I just think that they do the special effects and the fighting really well, Right. and I just love watching Hunky Captain America.
0: <laughs> Rachel's got a big crush on Hunky Cap.
1: Um, That's America's just, ass. Yeah, I just think they just do a great job. I mean, the storylines—they all fall into a perfect little um, uh, rhythm, mm-hmm. and um, it's really just the way that they portray um, their fight scenes has made me not appreciate like any other movies' fight right. scenes. And, just... and the
0: characters as well. Yeah. Oh, I love the characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, You would say maybe that after you watch a a Marvel movie, do you typically feel good or very sad?
1: (laughs) Very good.
0: Very good. That's interesting because the series of movies that we're talking about today that uh, that all are contained within the DCEU tend to be movies that we watch that make me feel very sad afterwards. Um, Our most recent foray into the DCEU was Wonder Woman 1984. Mm. Um, We didn't do uh, a review of that on the podcast because, again, Dan refused. Um, um,
1: We talked about it a little bit
0: We did talk about it a little bit Online in the rental zone um, And etc I hated that movie Rachel, how did you feel about Wonder Woman 1984?
1: I couldn't have hated it more
0: Couldn't have hated it more So, to all you studio fat cats and bigwigs Who are trying to design movies to entertain women In the superhero culture You're fucking really missing the point (laughs) If my wife is not enjoying them Something is patently wrong, Um, and I think uh, by looking at these movies, we are going to determine what is so very wrong about the DCEU, especially compared to Hunky Cap and the Marvel Boys. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, the best way to start that out is by looking at kind of the movie that started the DCEU. Now, some people would say that that's Man of Steel, but when they made Man of Steel, um, there was no plan to expand the universe, there was nothing other than a gas tank that said Wayne Enterprises in that movie um, to suggest that there would be a greater universe, whereas Marvel, from their first movie in 2008, have end credit scenes that tie everything together and suggest that there's a greater plot at hand. Um, The first time that that was really done was in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Did you know that that's the full title of the movie?
1: Nope. (laughs)
0: Um, Now, we watched the Extended Edition, uh, which is three hours and ten minutes long. Um,
1: (laughs) That's what we watched?
0: Yeah, yeah. We watched the BVS Extended Edition because, to all the fucking idiots out there who think that that somehow makes it a better experience, it does not. Um, Instead, uh, you're given a plot line about um, this black woman from Nairobi, this fictional country in Africa, in the DC universe, who... um, in the extended edition, you get this whole plot line about her being a faker, and about um, uh, that Clark. That wasn't in the no. oh, okay. About Clark Kent doing a bunch of investigative reporting, about Lois Lane investigating a bullet. Um, there are all these investigative side plots that were cut out of the movie. I would argue that it, you know, the lack of those scenes did not make the movie better or worse. Um, I think that the motivations that don't make sense in Batman versus Superman are still there no matter how much backstory you try to cram into it. Um, believe it or not, a movie that's already crammed to death with information didn't need a half an hour more of cramming information. Um, I would argue that a better director's cut of this movie would have been a half an hour less. Just pull out all the bullshit and go straight to Batman and Superman, kind of interacting with each other, getting tossed around by Lex Luthor. Even that would be extremely problematic, but at least it would get rid of all the parts where Rachel was looking at her phone and I was half asleep. (laughs) I would say that would be for the best for the audience, but um, uh, who knows why these movies are made uh, in the DCEU. It doesn't seem like they're for any audience. I don't know. I mean, uh, this may come as a shock to you, Rachel, but can you believe that there are people that believe that Ben Affleck's Batman is the best Batman of all time and that Batman versus Superman is the best Batman movie of all time?
1: Um, He didn't do anything as Batman in the movie I saw. I'm a little
0: confused. (laughs) He did some CrossFit. Um. (laughs) Um, Rachel said to me very early on in the movie, uh, when they introduced Batman, she had a very worried look on her face and she said, Wait, so there's no Batman movie that we're getting here? (laughs) Um, And that points to a very... um, huge problem with Batman versus Superman is that there's somehow in a three-hour movie still not enough room for any one story to be kind of fully told. It's not really a oh, Superman Oh, I thought you were movie. talking
1: about me for a split second, just not remembering that Ben Affleck was Batman. I was looking for <laughs> no the other guy. <laughs> no.
0: Uh, this was, yeah, when you turned to me and you were like, um... How are they doing this without creating another movie to set it up?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, so can I just jump into a thought? All right, so just that I guess they didn't want to do a um, standalone Batman with ben affleck's batman story because we already have a background on batman because it's christopher nolan right christopher
0: nolan um who did the batman trilogy is just a producer on these movies but yes okay okay. it would be silly for them to have gone and done just another batman movie
1: right but i guess then the problem is that this batman in this universe I guess has a totally different vibe and maybe background story that we are not aware of because yeah. he behaved like a totally different Batman yes. and had a very different personality. So and how now would you we really... describe
0: that personality that Ben Affleck had in Batman versus Superman?
1: Well, first of all, he was made the enemy in this movie, right? Which is bizarre. Yeah, um, he was shooting everybody, which is not cool.
0: <laughs> not very Batman. Um, he was
1: branding people.
0: Yes, he was. Um,
1: and we didn't really get any background as to why he was so mad.
0: Uh, it, it, it is to suggest, as Alfred says, like, that's where the rage starts. Um, like, that after witnessing the destruction of Metropolis, that he becomes so mad that he starts breaking his own rules. Um, this is also a universe that suggests that Robin was murdered by the Joker. Um, Batman, or uh, Bruce Wayne, rather, in the scene is looking at a suit that Robin wore that has ha 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 written all over it. It's apparent that... Not only was Wayne Manor burnt down in this universe, but the Joker also seems to have killed those closest to Batman for some reason. Those weren't enough for him to start branding people, but instead um, the arrival of Superman is enough to, like, set him off and turn him into a raging psychopath, Um, which doesn't make any sense. Um,
1: Yeah, I guess it was just that, um, like I said, if they were assuming that we know Batman's background story, then, you know... We were expecting maybe a different kind of Batman and without having his this background, I guess it just felt like I didn't know him at all.
0: Right. I mean, um, and this is a very important point that uh, came up while we were watching the movie a few times last night, which is that Batman versus Superman implies that you have all of this prior knowledge of who Batman is, who Superman is in the comics there's very few movies, and there are no Marvel movies. You'll never see a Marvel movie that starts introducing things with no explanation, whereas Batman versus Superman is totally fine in showing you less than five minutes of Batman's backstory and then launching into him being a 50-year-old man with no explanation as to anything. So it's like DC requires a, cer- a certain amount of foreknowledge that you're not given, that you have to assume on your own, which is... In my opinion, the reason that no DCEU movie is actually good on its own. Whereas the amazing thing is that Marvel, every single movie is connected, but the thing about that is if you separated them, they would still all be great. Mm-hmm. Um, save for maybe the last two or three Marvel movies, which are directly dependent on your knowledge of the whole series, the first 18 have no connection. Like you can, you could even step into, for example, Captain America 2. Without having seen Captain America one, and you would be on good footing within mm-hmm. a half an hour of the movie, you'd be like, "Okay, he's a super soldier. He's this. He's that." Um, Batman versus Superman launches into a new version of Batman with less information, and at the end of a three-hour movie, I, I, you know, as I'm watching the movie, I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to not know anything about this. That's my goal in a lot of movie blues podcast movies is take all the knowledge that I have of this beforehand and strip it and then see what's left over um and in the case of this movie yeah if I didn't know who Batman was I would have absolutely no idea what was going on in this movie they don't introduce him at all they they show you a um you know boy's parents getting murdered they show you him falling down a hole where he's strangely lifted into the air by bats I don't know what that's supposed to mean um But the bottom line is, you know nothing about him. You don't know how his career went. You don't know if he was a good guy, if he was a bad guy. Mm -hmm. Um, All you're given is just he's dead rich, wants to murder Superman, who has historically, since the 1930s, been the ultimate good guy in movie cinema. Um, And I think it boils down to what we're going to see as we watch the Snyder Cut and Beyond, which is that Zack Snyder, who made BVS, um, is someone who doesn't understand Batman or Superman. He doesn't understand that Superman is supposed to be a Boy Scout good guy. And he doesn't understand that Batman is a dark personality, but the things he does are not dark. Um, So it's for those reasons that it seems as if he doesn't understand either of the characters. And that's why, as we watch Justice League, I, I think it's going to be an interesting experiment because... Joss Whedon's Justice League is made by somebody who understands Batman and Superman. You'll see their sense of humor, and and this is all in my opinion, because there are tons of people who say that Justice League by Whedon doesn't work at all. But I think that it gets closer to the relationship and portrayal of Batman and Superman as they kind of are supposed to be. Um, Superman's supposed to be a good guy that you look at and go, that is our hero, that is... A decent person. That's an all-American boy. Um, in these movies, he's just like a lonely, sad boy alien, <laughs> immigrant, slash mass murderer. There's no there's no part of me that's like, oh, Superman's out saving a cat from a tree. It's always like, Superman is well, just... Well, same
1: with Batman, though. They don't make right. Batman seem like he's saving anybody, really, in this entire movie. Right. I mean, the only things we get to see of him when he's going around branding criminals is maybe one scene where he's dressed as Batman and the cop finds him and we get to see him for a split second, like trying to, I mean, he's just trying to go after criminals, but we don't see him necessarily doing anything heroic.
0: Right. I mean, they do. They give you little hints here and there, um, especially in the first scene where Metropolis is being destroyed. Batman saves a little girl. There are moments where they're trying, but they're very few and far between. And the crux of the movie, which is two and a half hours of just ugliness, doesn't include him doing anything good for anyone up until he finds out that his mommy has the same name as Superman. Like, it takes (laughs) three hours... three painful hours for Batman to realize that he should be a good person. Like that's something that Batman has always known, mm -hmm. um, for him, for his journey in this movie to be, Oh, well, I guess it's time to stop cold blooded murdering everyone. Like that Batman never has had that choice. Like he's never had to deal with that. Um, just because Batman is a sad boy doesn't mean that he isn't a good guy. That's what this movie completely misses. That regular Batman is a sad boy But in his free time, he's fighting crime. He's not just looking for an ass to kick. Which is like, in this movie, it seems like he has Uh nothing better to do than fixate and do CrossFit and imagine himself beating Superman to death. Um, Which is absurd. And even in the final fight, where it's like, okay, now they're going to fight... I noticed last night for the first time that Superman tries to bail out of it. He yeah. goes up to Batman. And yeah. He's like, "Look, dude, um, this would be like really well solved with a conversation, I think." And Batman just punches him right in the face. He's yeah. like, "Do you bleed?" It's like it's just so it's like, his well, his vibe is psychotic in this movie.
1: The, well, I guess I was just gonna say if, um, we could start off off the bat. Um, Batman's message doesn't really make sense. Um, he's.
0: What is the message?
1: Well, I guess just that he's upset in the first scene that Superman um, is destroying a city by accident sure. while fighting an alien bad guy that's trying to destroy the world. Yes. Which everybody seems to miss. Mm-hmm. They're blaming Superman for accidentally killing maybe millions of people and mm-hmm. destroying buildings like we see in every single um, superhero movie. It happens when you're fighting aliens. Anyway, Batman is upset, and I'm just having trouble understanding why another superhero like Batman, who's probably battled evil before, and probably smashed into some buildings while doing it, he is Batman, he's Batman, Sure, so the like Batmobile said, he's, has flown through buildings before.
0: He's probably killed a couple hundred people by now.
1: Now, given it's by accident, which obviously Superman's is by accident, too. Right. Like, would it be mad Superman should have just fought the alien cleaner? Let's say maybe it
0: wasn't by accident. Even if it were um, on purpose, the fact is we've seen multiple times in this movie that Superman is willing to talk to reporters, talk to the American people. Why is it a situation where Batman feels as if he can't have a conversation with Superman? Right. Um, now, I guess uh, you could answer that by saying they do attempt to have a conversation at one point. Superman smashes into Batman's Batmobile, rips the doors off, gets an inch away from his face, and is like, next time the bat signal goes up in the sky, don't go to it. And well, it's that like, whole
1: scene really pissed me off. Yeah. Because the whole thing was like Batman was following a truck. Mm-hmm. The truck had... kryptonite Kryptonite, in it, which is the thing that was going to be used to destroy Superman. Regardless, Batman was on the way to essentially maybe catching it before it all went down. He was following the secret truck that had this in it. And then Superman comes up right behind it and instead of either of these two superheroes sensing what's going on, With this original truck, the truck just keeps going, and Superman's like, Batman, don't answer these calls. And then he flies away, and then Batman stops following the truck.
0: Like, in that scene, Superman knows enough about what Batman is doing that he's literally hiding behind the corner of a building. And when (laughs) when Batman comes around the corner, Superman punches his car and starts assaulting him. And the thing is, like, Superman knows enough about what is going on here to know exactly where Batman is, that means he knows that Batman is chasing someone. Let's say he doesn't fully know that it's kryptonite. Right. Right? Um, if it weren't kryptonite and Batman were just trying to stop someone that, A again, bad guy. <laughs> in this scene, this bad guy in this truck is shooting missiles out of an RPG at the Batmobile, is shooting eight, nine machine guns at... The Batmobile, regardless of how bad Batman is. Those other people need to be caught.
1: Right. Like right. there's no
0: world in which just having a conversation with Batman is solving the situation. First or is of all, it's more
1: important than fighting crime.
0: The conversation he has with Batman, I don't agree with. It's so aggressive. Like he Superman makes absolutely no attempt to understand Batman, and Batman makes absolutely no under uh, uh, no attempt to understand Superman. So why do they want to kill each other? So why does one think that one is any worse than the other it and and then halfway through the movie as they're pitching this to you like okay you need to feel like batman thinks superman is a bad guy and superman thinks batman is a bad guy even if you're on either of those sides then three quarters of the way through the movie they lay it all on lex Luthor, and lex Luthor is like this was my idea all along and it's like well okay but then how like then what is the purpose of this movie now instead of a you know with marvel civil war that is a moral quandary that you're presented with. And, and you could side with either side, and there are good points to be made. In this movie, both sides are wrong, inherently. We know that from dramatic tension that um, Batman is wrong about Superman, even though he doesn't know it. And we know that Superman is wrong about Batman, and he doesn't know it. So there's no tension there. There's no one to side with, because as viewers were watching it, and just being like both of these guys are confused. Yeah. Um when your movie is uh you know character versus character, the crux of that versus shouldn't be oops, I forget he. It shouldn't be like <laughs> it shouldn't be like oh, well I I kind of thought you were a bad guy. It should be like that there are actually things being fought for.
1: Well, you also don't have anyone to root for and that becomes no one, more yeah. and more evident as the the movie goes on and especially in the one and only very lame fight scene between the two of them.
0: (laughs) Yes. How did you like, um, in Mm. Batman versus Superman that they did not fight each other until, uh, I think it's about two hours and 20 minutes into the movie.
1: I mean that was super frustrating. The whole movie was just dark and boring and a lot of just telling us information as you right. we know you and I love yes um, being explained information as opposed to being shown it. Yes. Um, Huge but problem. apart from that, I mean, I'm a Marvel girl and I just said that Marvel is that the absolute like king at doing fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how they <laughs> they show you what's going on like right. whereas in other movies they just keep cutting away from the action. Like you'll see someone th- throw a punch, not see the punch, and then see the other person be thrown across the room. All right. Like, you don't get to see the actual punch. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Marvel shows you, like, in depth, like, every inch of every fight. Mm-hmm. And the pacing is correct. And um, just, the, the fight is fast, but also very thorough. And you get to see everything that's happening. I mean, in this, it was like, the fight scene itself that we have been waiting almost three hours for was like, one of them would throw one punch... <laughs> the other would go flying it and there'd was, be a full they were minute taking before turns. They, were they were definitely taking
0: turns. Taking turns. <laughs> it was like, and now Batman's going to do this. And then the, they would both be like, Oh, mm. and then it's yeah. like, now Superman's going to do his super punch. It was very, and like Rachel kept turning to me and just being like, this is so slow. Like the fighting is so slow. And, and again, like you have a character, Batman, who's wearing so much armor. Ben Affleck is like kind of out of shape and drunk in this movie. And he just looks massive, but, like, not in a particularly threatening way. Not at all. Just in, like, a, just a big dude, you're just a big dude way. Um, And he
1: wasn't using, like, anything on his suit. Like for fu- he wasn't doing any fun technology yeah. stuff that Batman is supposed to do. Like he did
0: very little detective. Batman is a kind.
1: human who has cool technology, which essentially is the same thing as Iron Man. Right. <laughs> like yeah. He should be doing really cool things. He's a rich guy who's smart with technology, and he was basically just trying to punch Superman. And failing at it.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, His approach was pretty lackluster for somebody who's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. You would also think that the world's greatest detective would figure out that Superman is just a guy you can have a conversation with before becoming a psycho and trying to murder him. Um, The actual fight between the two of them makes zero sense. Like, it's... Okay, fine. Like, Zack Snyder was like, all right, if Batman and Superman are going to fist fight each other, Superman is going to have to be gassed or shot with kryptonite so that they can even be on the same playing field. Because if Batman didn't originally hit him with the kryptonite, Superman would have ripped Batman's arms and legs off in, in a quarter second Well, and but here's him. the
1: problem with that, too, is that we've seen in Marvel that there are plenty of supermans, so plenty of naturally alien, super-powered beings that can fight a rich technology-filled, like, Iron Man. I mean, there's plenty of characters yes. in Marvel who battle um, alien beings all the time. I don't think that just necessarily... I understand Superman's, like, the strongest. It's,
0: it's a But point, Batman
1: didn't use anything else clever. A point
0: of Batman's character that he is not even as strong as Iron Man. Like, Iron Man is a rich billionaire like Bruce Wayne. They do both create technology to do their crime-fighting with. But when it comes to sheer survivability of injury and power, Batman dies 10 out of 10 times. The whole thing with Batman is that, and if you go back to the cartoons and the comics, he doesn't have armor on. He doesn't have these, like they showed him Batman versus Superman last night, the inside of his helmet. It's kind of like Iron Man has all these gears and blah, blah, blah. Batman doesn't rely on his technology. He uses it to express his abilities, but if you were to give Bruce Wayne none of his gadgets, he would outsmart Tony Stark at every opportunity. He could get out of a situation more than Tony Stark. To say that Tony Stark relies on his equipment more than Batman, sure. In this movie, though, since Batman is relying on none of his equipment other than, like, armor, he puts himself in situations that don't make any fucking sense. Like, the the fight with Doomsday at the end, you turned to me and you were like... Okay Batman's just a normal person He's just kind of creeping in the background And that's because the people who wrote the movie Aren't smart enough to know that Batman the character wouldn't have been Just standing there with a sniper rifle He would have been coming up with some complex plan With some crazy use of technology Like the people that wrote this movie And Zack Snyder in specific Picture this Batman as a Brute force bully And someone who Uses his intimidation factor More than his brain because we never see him. Like, look at Christian Bale's Batman. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker's always in the back caves, typing on his computer. He's like out in a Lamborghini doing crazy shit as Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne in this movie is a recluse to begin with. Like, he goes to some events, but he's mostly sitting in his mansion doing CrossFit. Like, um, and so, like, there are so many things that are wrong about Bruce Wayne and Batman in this movie that, yeah, I agree with you. At a point, Batman is the enemy of this movie. And when Batman was fighting Superman last night... It didn't
1: feel good. I
0: was on the same wavelength as you, where it was like, this is, um... This doesn't feel right. Like, Batman, I'm rooting for Batman to get hurt. And in what situation would you ever want to do that? It doesn't make sense. It's not like Batman was being mind-controlled or, like, you know, whatever other plot device they hammer into these things. The bottom line is, if you can't come up with a good enough reason for Batman and Superman to want to kill each other a three-hour movie about it is going to be terrible.
1: And then let's not even go into the Martha part, I guess. Oh, yeah, why, why don't we
0: go into the Martha part? Because, like, that's the Martha thing um, was very controversial at the time and has become the laughingstock of DC forever, and you got to experience it for the very first time. How did you feel that after three hours, the conclusion of the fight was two men realizing their mommies had the same name? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, it was just uh it was really stupid. I mean at that point I was really mad at Batman because he was beating Superman up like to death mm-hmm. like for no reason. <laughs> right. Um, when at the same time, like uh Lex Luthor had kidnapped like multiple people there's more important things going on right um but then yeah just like batman's about to like stab him to death yeah which like is in the absurd
0: face. i noticed last night he was going to stab superman in his face with a kryptonite spear and
1: then i forgot <laughs> in front had- of
0: lois by the way <laughs> lois was literally standing yeah. there like
1: stop well we have to, we'll have to go back to right. talk about the flash forward that he had but oh, yeah. anyway oh yeah um just that we'll yeah that and, then, the and then and then superman screams like save martha which you pointed out to me like why would anyone call their mom by their first name too which is bizarre In their dying moments. like instead of saying save my mom like, but... "Save
0: Martha, 33 West 44th Street." like <laughs> <this is> so <laughs> and silly and then
1: batman's like, "Why are you saying that name?" Mm-hmm. Just like over and over. I also
0: I want to just remind you that this is a movie that as Superman is fighting Doomsday at the end he hears Lois Lane's heartbeat and goes to save her. This is to suggest something that's in a lot of Superman comics, which is that he can hear the ones he loves the most. Mm-hmm. He can kind of sense when they're in danger. Mm, a, so why
1: didn't he sense his mom? It's
0: a running gag in the comic books that Lois Lane, anytime she's thrown out of a blimp building shot, whatever, Superman is there. And they go as far as doing that in this movie for the very first time, where twice in the movie, in the opening scene, and later on in the Doomsday fight, Superman hears Lois Lane's heartbeat, and is literally, it's less than a second before he arrives to her location. His mom is being tortured, I'm going to say raped. It seemed yeah, like it they was, had raped it her. Was,
1: they went too far. They I wrote mean, with
0: a magic marker <laughs> witch on her forehead, not they, sure why that happened.
1: Showed Superman pictures. Well, Lex Luthor was like, Great. "Well, here's your mom, all tied up." And the pictures are like rape pictures. Yeah,
0: they're horrible. She's bound and gagged in yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. It's just and and it did bother me that when she does, they do cut to her in uh, the place where she's being captured. That she had like none of the injuries and none of the witch on her I didn't forehead. Then that. none of that's that. Funny. So that's to imply that they took magic marker, they wrote witch on her forehead, they raped and beat her up, then they washed, then it they off. washed her off. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Well, we don't want it to say witch." on your forehead anymore so they cleaned her up because the pictures were over and that was that Um, I love how they were keeping her as well Uh, sometimes I like to think about um, when you see a superhero movie and the superhero shows up what was going on in that environment right beforehand in this case it was they said two dozen so 24 guys with their guns out guarding an old woman um and the final guard of that old woman is holding a flamethrower directly up to her face the whole time um cause he's waiting for a call from Lex Luthor to say go ahead and kill her which then in an all wooden warehouse he plans on flamethrowering this old woman <laughs> who's like 70 years old who you could throw down a pair of stairs and she would be dead but he has an industrial war ready flamethrower up to her head um Batman shows up, murders all 24 people. I'm going to say that none of those people survived. Maybe someone survived with, like, their neck shattered. Um, at one point, he punt, he uh, took a man's face and smashed it in the ground like he was spiking a football. And it's this guy's whole, like, the back of his legs came over his head. Um, it just all adds to a general that was, vibe.
1: That was, like, the, the only good scene. That was the only good scene, scene in the movie. Yeah. And a
0: lot of people, The what sucks about that fight scene, for me is that it's so good that it's allowed people who love this movie to go on and on about that being the most accurate representation of Batman ever. Now if you had to ask me what is the most accurate representation of Batman fighting, that scene is it. In the video games, in the comics, it's shown that Bruce Wayne can swing into a fucking building and take 24 armed men down with the lights on. Um, one after another. We know he can do that. They tried to show us that, and Batman Begins, but the editing is all fucking nuts, and you can't actually see him fighting. In this movie, they finally, I'll give them credit, they finally did it. I will say that, um, and you don't know anything about this, but to our listeners, anyone who who's played the Arkham video games, everyone went crazy that it's like, oh my god, it's exactly like Arkham. Well, can we agree that that is what's being done here and not that they're actually getting Batman right. They're just kind of aping the most successful fighting of Batman that already existed. So, like, instead of the people that say that that was some monumental leap forward in portraying Batman, like, he had already been uh, portrayed like that several times over. I guess it just took to this point to get it into a movie. But, okay, fine, that's cool. But everything else about Batman sucks. There's no fucking Batman house. There's no actual Batcave to speak of. There's no... Um, cool gadgets. His car looks fucking terrible and looks like just a... It has no personality. I mean, there's no... I liked his car. You liked his car? Yeah. Okay. I'm used to a more flashy Batmobile and it just um... It's just an unmemorable one and it didn't do anything... Where I was like, holy shit. I'll give you an example, right? Remember in the Dark Knight... I know this is tough for you, but you'll remember this. Remember in the Dark Knight when um, the Joker destroys Batman's Batmobile and the front of it starts shaking, shaking and shaking, and then Batman bursts out of the front of it with his motorcycle, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, there's this incredible motorcycle scene. Not only that, but at one point, Batman... Goes flying at a wall at like ninety five miles an hour and hits the wall straight with the motorcycle and it goes up the wall yeah. and goes and it goes back down and I do remember and, that and shit like that like I'll remember for the rest of my life. There was nothing in this movie where I was like, oh my god, Batman! That's like, true. whoa, that was cool. Um, even down to his suit that he fights Superman in at the end, I think is so clunky and fucking dorky looking. Um,
1: wait, remember when he's in the Batmobile and he goes through the building? And through the, like, the boat or just lands on the guy's, like, head in the truck.
0: Yeah, he he goes off, like, a ramp and his tire goes into a man's face. Like, and the entire weight of the Batmobile slams down on this guy's body and crumples him like a Coke can. Well, Um, but it was
1: just, like, in chasing this truck, he took a shortcut, which ended up bringing him, he flew through through a building. building. And then, but when he came out the other side of the building, he happened to land directly on the truck. It was weird.
0: (laughs) Um, The action in this movie is, is sometimes cool. There are visuals I liked in this movie. If we're going to do, like, what worked about this movie, I still think that Henry Cavill is a good Superman. Um, I think that he is betrayed by the writing and the movies that he's in. I imagine a world in which he gets to actually be Superman, where it's enjoyable to watch, which we're going to get into with Justice League, The Justice League that we're going to watch next, which is the one that was released in theaters by Joss Whedon, has a portrayal of Superman that I think is closest to what he should be like of any movie that he's in. Um, And Batman, not so much. Batman in the... (laughs) Batman in Justice League is the most painful thing for me. He's an absolute joke in the next Justice League movie. He's the butt of many jokes. I don't think Joss Whedon really understood or liked Batman very much or just wanted to embarrass Ben Affleck. I'm not sure. Um, But if you, you know, if you did not like this movie, I think that there will be things in the next one that you will walk away enjoying. Um, My prediction for you is that you will like the next justice league movie that we watch. um, And you will not like the four hour Snyder cut Because that shit is going to be insane. Um, And it's going to include things from the comics and from the fandom that you are not going to understand. And that has no backing at all. It's literally like, you know, when you are watching a good Star Wars show or movie now and you see a reference and you're like, oh shit, I know what that is. Like, that's to reward you. This Snyder Cut Justice League thing, so many of the changes are going to be things that just fans wanted that everyone you know was calling for that didn't happen in the one it's going to be a disaster well, <laughs> i think and it's then going to be you a mess. had
1: told me too. back to what i was saying about the premonition that he had too yeah, and those yeah. things Let's end guess, off don't, that, don't sure. come
0: true how did you feel about when uh, halfway through a three-hour movie batman wakes up and is in the future shooting people in a dystopian wasteland
1: I, well, I had no idea what was going on, yeah. because the way that they made it, well, I guess he was in his lair, and while the data was loading on his computer, yeah. he all of a sudden just started having this premonition. They just
0: kind of cut to him um, getting out of a truck, and he's yeah. in the future. Yeah,
1: and so for me, my initial thought was, oh, this is still present day. I guess it's the next day. They just cut forward, like, this is where he is now. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. So for me, I wouldn't have any idea that he was in a premonition, I guess, to mm-hmm. start. hmm I mean, they did do something fuzzy, like he went through a dream or something. No, I, no, no. they didn't. I, and okay. now,
0: I, you know, I have had to deal with what they call the nightmare sequence, um, which is this section of the movie for a few years. And I had forgotten. Again, I'm rewatching this movie, trying to do it like it's my first time. You're 100 percent right there. He's sitting there. He's looking at his computer. He's watching the data load. And then they cut to Batman walking out of a truck. And then it's the future. But you don't necessarily know it's the future. For the first five seconds you don't, but then you see that Batman's wearing a trench coat over his suit and wearing goggles, which are two things we had never seen ever, and we're like, what the Mm -hmm. fuck is this? And then they cut to Metropolis, and there's a giant logo burned into the ground. Oh, I said, are
1: we in space now? There
0: there are giant flies everywhere, and, um, yeah, Rachel was like, what planet are we doing? Like, what is this? Um, And I don't blame her, because they don't tee it up correctly, and then it goes on for, like, eight minutes. I mean, it's long. Um, I think under the right circumstances a first time viewer of Batman versus Superman could easily think not only like what the fuck is going on but that okay is this the movie now like are is this yeah. is is this part of the same narrative yeah. i mean there's no batman's roughly the same age in it there's no nothing to suggest that batman that this is the future i mean until a couple seconds go by, and then you see that this giant logo is burning in the ground. I know that's the logo for Dark Side, but you don't. You've never seen anything from this. So, again, this is DC not explaining anything to you. And the most egregious part of this is that even if you didn't know what the fuck was going on, which you did not, the director is assuming that in his next movie he's going to explain it.
1: Right, right. He's like, okay,
0: even for first-time people, they're not going to get this, but... I'll explain it in my next movie. And then he didn't, because he didn't make the next movie.
1: Well, and in um, this premonition, Superman is killing everyone, right? Yes. And the, the so information we're given his hatred towards Superman kind of amps up.
0: Yeah, it amps it up a little bit, because in his mind, he's like, is that really going to happen? But let's look at Batman as a pragmatic detective. Like, no pragmatic detective would like base anything off of some weird-ass dream that he had just had on his keyboard. Um,
1: well, oh, but then the guy who had the... Who gave him the premonition, comes in and says Superman is the key? Lois is the key. Lois is the key. Which never comes up
0: ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And furthermore, again, if you don't know who the guy is coming through the computer, which Bruce Wayne would not know who that is, then why would that person, why would that convince you that it was happening? Because again, not only is the dream sequence eight minutes long, but it ends with him seeing the Flash coming from the future saying, Lois is the key, but then it ends again and he wakes up on his keyboard. Like, when he's talking yeah. to the Flash, yeah. that's not reality. It um, In certain movies, there's a double dream yeah. awake moment where the first time you think they're awake and they're not, and then the second time you're like, holy shit! Um, and this is a case of that, but usually the dream sequence uh, being discussed is not eight minutes long. Um, And looks cooler and suggests more than the three-hour movie that you're watching is going to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm cool if like that scene was at the end or in the credits or somewhere where it would be like, okay, here we go. But to put it in the middle of such a boring movie, it's like criminal. It's just that would have
1: been actually a cool like very end scene.
0: Right. But it wouldn't have made much sense because as we know, anyway, (laughs) the end of this movie, Superman dies. Now. I think the biggest thing that we've talked about so far
1: we do see they give you at the very end that the the dirt is raising off of his.
0: Yeah, but that's not even that's not addressed in the next movie either. That's just dropped. Um, The dirt raising thing is like an old from the comics thing because Superman in the comics is killed one time big enough that it was a historical moment throughout the world Um, not in the comics world but in the real world the death of Superman in the 1990s is not only my favorite graphic novel related to Superman but it's one of the biggest moments in Superman history doomsday who is a creature from space that has nothing to do with lex Luthor, nothing to do with this movie lands on earth and starts destroying the entire planet and as he's doing so all of the members of the justice league all the superheroes in the universe go at him one at a time sometimes Sounds in groups <laughs> sometimes in uh, and and doomsday fucking wrecks all of them he's not like thanos he doesn't talk he doesn't have any brain at all he's literally a killing machine and Superman is put into a position where he needs to kill Doomsday. So they fight in the center of Metropolis and, and basically for days are fighting each other, punching each other, destroying buildings, um, at the end of which Superman is crushed to the infinity and he does kill doomsday but he dies in the process so the um,
1: same as this
0: but it's hugely emotional in the comics it's hugely impactful you're watching this play out across the entire superhero world for m- months and comics and issues of watching doomsday just work his way through everyone you're like where the fuck is this going to end oh my god like can superman even take him down and then wham you see that the name of the next comic is the death of superman you're like oh my fucking god and they kill him and at the end they kind of suggest that the dirt is rising and in that uh, story he's just kind of hurt so badly that he needs to sleep essentially in his coffin for months before coming back right Wait until you see how they bring Superman back in this next movie. It is one of the most fucking insane, stupid things I've ever seen in my life. They could have just been like, he was taking a nap.
1: Why can't you just do it the same?
0: Wait wait until you see. And it's part of his resurrection in the next movie. It's part of the problems that plague all of this. And we can kind of end here, which is just that... There's too much being shoved in. There's too much. Um,
1: yeah, that was where I was going to kind of tie it in at the end, was just that there were just so many, too many stories going on, unnecessary, um, having so many, like Lex Luthor, then the Doomsday character. We did talk about Wonder Woman. I was gonna. I was gonna add that in at the end too. Um, just you know, Superman and Batman fighting each other, which we didn't need that. It could have been a singular story about either of them fighting Lex Luthor and Doomsday. Like that, yes. them, their rivalry did not need to even be in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, just Lex Luthor's multiple parts of his plan. So there was like one part, <laughs> multiple parts with the of his kryptonite to kill Superman. But then the other one was him just like dragging his de- dead dad's body into blood to create the this scientific experiment mm-hmm. to get Doomsday to Earth. It was mm-hmm. just I'm gonna drop an R here. It was retarded.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, we try not to do that on the podcast. So Can you, guys you bleep have- that out. Uh, Please bleep it out Yeah, usually when you ask me to do I that I thought this I do was a safe
1: it. space to drop an
0: R Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know Dana didn't have to chime in on this one Um, but um, yeah Um, I, I will say that This portrayal of Wonder Woman in BVS Is my favorite between Oof. Wonder Woman 1 And 84 But that's my, in terms of like This universe there Can are, I
1: just say something that I think You're holding it near and dear Because that was the, this is the first one you saw of her Right?
0: Okay, something there... It it, it is something to be said that this was the first time we saw her. It is something to be said that she kind of shows up and kicks a bunch of ass, and that's a good introduction to her. I just mean morally, like, I just was fine with her portrayal, whereas in Wonder Woman 1984 was not fine with Wonder Woman. Like, she was as big of a problem as anything was in that movie. Um, This movie, she just kind of showed up and punched a dude in the face a bunch and walked around in hot dresses... And, like, that was it. Um, I think Wonder Woman's a fine side character in the DCEU. I think when you give Gal Gadot hundreds of lines to memorize, that's when things start flying straight off the handle. So... It's a it's a bless it, it's not a blessing and a curse it's it's a compliment but also a dig that this is my favorite Wonder Woman because she says the least amount of things she's in the skimpiest clothes of any of the movies that she's in I mean in '84 she's wearing pantsuits the whole time so that got nothing for me other than like staring at her hair which is fine um, but uh, from from a male perspective this was the best for her from an action perspective I think her fight with Doomsday is she does moves in it that I think are closer to Wonder Woman than either of those movies it's just like it's hard because we're comparing three turds you know what I mean (laughs) and one of those turds might have corn in it and it might be tastier because there is some whole undigested food (laughs) that's made it through into the bowel movement any way you look at it you're eating a turd you know what I mean I hated Wonder Woman 1 I can't even believe Wonder Woman 1984, how bad it was. It was astoundingly bad. Um, So for me, the only time Wonder Woman has ever shown up in a DC movie and I've been like, okay, that didn't destroy my life was this. Yeah, Um,
1: that's true. And
0: considering how bad the rest of the movie is, she's kind of a good placement. It's just, if you wouldn't have done 40 minutes investigating a magic bullet with Lois Lane at the beginning of the movie, you could have probably fleshed Wonder Woman out. I would have liked Mm -hmm. to have seen a movie that starts with Doomsday, Let's say you start the movie with, A, a more serious portrayal of Lex Luthor. I don't care that it's Jesse Eisenberg. Just have him do what he did in The Social Network. Just be a quiet, reserved, but ultimately powerful person. Mm. In this movie, he's completely ridiculous, unhinged. His motivations make no sense. Um, His wig is super goofy. His mannerisms, his tics are all laughable. His speeches are hilarious. Rach, do you want to tell us what his one speech was in the movie? That he made in front of a crowd of his constituents at a benefit.
1: Um, he said, speech, speech, blah, blah, applause.
0: <laughs> That's how he started his speech. Speech, 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 blah, 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 applause.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which I said I liked, if he just ended there. Yeah, walked he should off have stage. Ended there. I would have been like, all right, I like that.
0: Um, he, yeah, I mean, he is an embarrassing disaster in this movie. So yeah, my version of BVS, Doomsday lands in the first 15 minutes of the movie, starts destroying the world. Lex Luthor, um, sees that doomsday is destroying the world and is like, this is awesome. I'm going to fuck with Batman and Superman so Mm, that they are too distracted with each other's nonsense to stop this from happening. And then we're watching this destruction happen throughout the whole movie. And then, you know what? Now Wonder Woman has to come in because Wonder Woman sees the destruction happening and she's been hiding for 80 years and mm-hmm. hasn't come out of hiding. So now we have a reason. Instead, in this movie, she comes out of hiding so that she can find a USB drive. That USB drive has a picture of her on it. That is enough for her to come almost fully out and and have conversations with Bruce Wayne that where she's you know, describing that she is Wonder Woman and it's it's insane. I mean like
1: Well, and we were also saying too how um in the Marvel movies the Civil War movie right. is somewhat similar of an idea of the superheroes having to fight each other. Um just much much better portrayal. Right. And what you just described is kind of similar. Right. to Civil War in the sense that, like, it could have just been Batman and Superman um, disagreeing on how to handle Doomsday. Doomsday. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yeah. That, that could have been enough. Instead, two hours and 45 minutes into the movie, Doomsday shows up. My wife, who's paying not full attention at this point, looks at me and goes like, why is there a troll in this movie now? What's, <laughs> what are we doing here? And I had to be like, oh, well, he got the blood and he put it in the pool. And, and Rachel was just like, oh, I thought that was all just nonsense. I was like no that was leading up to this but it happened so long ago and and it made no sense at the time that of course you'd have no idea what's going on like um, you have a movie that's very pragmatic and then all of a sudden we cut to Lex Luthor hatching a giant egg in an alien spaceship it's just uh, my god a disaster um
1: and just about Wonder Woman, it just, I, while I agree with you that you're right, it wasn't like her worst out of the three portrayals, it sure. just, for me, just solidified that, like, while I think she is gorgeous mm. and physically looks like what a, a Wonder Woman should, in my mind, sure. She just didn't do it. Didn't do it. <laughs> and I also said, though, that that could have just been the writing and the special effects around her. Right. Like, maybe if Marvel had putting her in the fight they would have done it right
0: (laughs) i'm fucking sure that they would have because marvel has done right to characters that are so obscure compared to batman superman and wonder woman marvel has taken ant-man and made a good movie out of it marvel has taken characters that you would never imagine would ever make it into a movie and it's all because they start with character that's in my opinion what makes marvel great is that they do not put a person in their movies, hero or otherwise, that doesn't have a clear motivation, a clear backstory, and an actor who you can connect with. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that it's hard to connect with Ben Affleck normally, let alone with him as somebody that we need to empathize with to the point that we will be okay with them murdering people. Um It's just a movie uh, and a series of movies, especially if you want to Dragon, Suicide Squad, and all the other DCEU movies, where you're starting with the characters, the setting, the action before the actual heart. And that these movies sometimes are fully devised in a rush from DC, and they miss the most important point, is that if no one cares about Batman or Superman, no one will want to watch them fight. So... Yeah, I mean it's a it's a DOA movie for me. It's it's it it is dead from the moment it begins until the moment it ends. With I would say like a solid ten to fifteen minutes of great visuals, interesting character choices at times, interesting representations. I know you didn't like Alfred, but I personally did. Um, I like that actor a lot, especially after having recently watched Watchmen, and um, mm-hmm. he. Um, is age-wise inappropriate it doesn't even make sense really uh when you look at him and ben affleck But at the end of the day, like, it's good to see an Alfred that's less geriatric, because (laughs) by the time Dark Knight Rises came out, like, Michael Caine was looking very pasty, very old. Like, he could not be involved in anything, and I think that's why in the last one he's like, Master Wayne, I'm going on vacation, and then disappears for the whole movie. Um, It's good to have an Alfred who can kind of, like, hold his own, because Alfred's backstory in all Batman movies is that he used to be a, a very competent spy. He was, mm. he is to DC what Peggy Carter is to Marvel. Okay. He was like a very cool spy who did spy shit and had organizations and was part of the government. Um, and there is a, a show called Pennyworth that exists right now about Alfred's younger days when mm. he was a badass action spy. Um, I will not subject you to that. I won't even subject myself to that. But I will say that Um, either way um, I'm psyched for the next part of this experiment because I actually do like Joss Whedon's Justice League I'm probably one of 30 people on planet Earth who would ever say that Um, but um, what do you think Rach going into this next one how are you feeling so far about um, this uh, series of movies that we're watching
1: um, well, I just kept saying this is stupid last night, so, but, um, I'm going to go into it with an open mind, right. but just, like, I just want to shout out to Marvel again. Mm-hmm. Just, My boys. I just love, Dan um,
0: Endon is, like, about to throw himself off the <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge right now.
1: Just, <laughs> the amount I of Marvel
0: worship going on in this episode. I can't
1: Skip, fully delete, express, delete. like, why their special effects are so good and, like, how they do it. Um, maybe you have a better take on that, but I just do, the but way that... Okay. They um, just the way that they're able to show like large fights even up in the sky just showing huge visuals of cities and superheroes punching each other while flying through the air and it just looks so real it does Um, just props to them
0: Props to Marvel. <laughs> so, Rachel's pr- prediction for Justice League is props to Marvel. Um, and beyond that, I'm again going to predict that you're going to like this next one because this is them trying to make a Marvel movie. Um, they were like, there's, you know, we need to have this be more colorful, we need this to be funnier. We need to care about the characters more. We need to see more examples of Superman being a hero or Batman being a hero instead of a sad drunk boy the whole time. I mean, just the
1: the, um, the sounds that they use. And I'm just thinking of Captain America just slicing through people with his his, uh, his shield just yeah. shoo, 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 just flying and like... Boomeranging back to him And just like Um, Showing how strong His armor is When people hit him You can hear it I didn't feel that way Last night
0: So we'll see what happens next I personally Am a person Who was raised on DC Didn't give a shit About Marvel Until these movies began I'm not a Marvel Fanboy for life Um There There is a world Where they could start Fucking up the Marvel Universe And I'm done I don't care I mean they already Kind of have I thought that The past two Marvel movies Um That I saw. I was very disappointed by Spider-Man Two. I thought it was a disaster. I did not like that at all, and I really hated Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I thought was garbage. Um, so did if we
1: walk out of the theater? We
0: tried to. We kept turning to each other and saying, "Do you want to walk out?" But ultimately, we needed to see the end credit scene because it was like going to link into something. And no,
1: I. I think we walked we out we did not
0: walk <laughs> we did not but like we were mentally walking out for hours we every 10 minutes we were like should we walk out should we walk out should we walk out so maybe you're just remembering wanting to walk okay. out so badly um But, uh, yeah, there's a world in which I'm a a bigger DC fan, and that if one day DC decides to ever get their shit together, which I think they're going to with Robert Pattinson's upcoming The Batman, um, you will see me go a full 180 on being this Marvel fanboy. But until then, they're just better fucking movies, and this sucked. Um, Rach, how many Golden Rachels would you give uh, Batman V not versus it's just V I don't know why they. this was like a new thing they thought would be cool Batman V Superman colon Dawn of Justice extended edition
1: I guess I would give it a 6 6.5
0: oh that's very high okay
1: I mean, in the world of You'd movies.
0: say 65% of it you enjoyed and it worked. Because no. it seemed as if you hated <laughs> almost so every minute of it, so... <laughs>
1: okay, I'm going to give it a 5.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Not I would... to say that I enjoy 50% of it, though.
0: Yeah. Well, shit. i mean going I'm going uh, to give it, like, a... I want to give it, like, a 4, but I feel like maybe a 4.5 would do it for me. Because... There are things I liked about it, but ultimately this movie is a failure on, like, an insane amount of fronts. Like, a crazy amount of things didn't I work I mean,
1: it's nowhere movie. near Wonder Woman 84. It was much better well, than that.
0: yes. Okay, it was much better than that. I'll give you that, but this should be better than that. Like, this is the two big... Just imagine, like, you're a kid like me that grew up the two biggest yeah. superheroes of all time. This is the first time they've ever been on screen together, and you walk into the theater expecting your entire fucking childhood to just like flourish on the screen that is what you got you got lois lane investigating a magic bullet for three hours it just was a which
1: didn't amount to anything
0: i always say with dan that um the only thing worse than a bad movie is a loss of potential Mm -hmm. the only thing that pisses me off more is that and this movie not only fucks up as a movie but loses all of its potential going forward so yeah i'm gonna do four and a half what do you think okay you want to do four and a half too Yeah. Yeah, I'll do 4.5. 4.5. Okay. Yeah. Well, we will see you for our next installment of Rachel's DC Corner, where we will be looking at uh, the theatrical cut of Justice League, a very controversial movie that some people say is a thousand times worse than Batman Superman. Some people say it's a hundred times better than Batman versus Superman. Um, Some people think that Zack Snyder is the greatest director of all time, that this is the greatest portrayal of Batman ever. So they're wrong um and stupid and i have to live with them all the time on the internet um but uh this is us publicly stating that these things suck and hopefully they'll get a little better maybe we'll like justice league and then love the snyder cut i don't know mm-hmm. i can't say but um if it's anything like the movie we just watched i'm gonna hate it so <laughs> <laughs> that's that
1: that's it. That.
0: Mm, see you later. What's that's the all, folks. What's the Rachel's? Oh, that's the Rachel's review corner and um, line. <laughs> Can you do it one more time?
1: <laughs> what was that like, Bugs Bunny?
0: No, no, it's Rachel's review corner.
1: That's all, folks.
0: Nice. I think that was Porky Pig.